Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Schools of Excellence podcast. Today is a very different kind of episode. Normally on the podcast, I do my solo episodes where I dive into some strategies, some insight, a lot of mindset, and we very rarely actually have guests on the show for no particular reason, just we're, we're very selective about who comes on the show as a guest. And so today I'm excited to connect with someone who I've known for a very long time, actually since pretty much the inception of Schools of Excellence when we started the Directors Inner Circle. So Summer Pika and I connected way back in 2017 um, when I first launched the Directors Inner Circle with its first 15 founding members. And Summer and I connected and she's like, oh, I'm in, let's do this. And worked together over the years. And then right before COVID, she and I connected in February. I still remember where I was standing. Actually, I was at a conference and Summer pinged and she's like, I'm selling my school. I'm moving on to some new ventures. I'm, I'm moving on to a new season of life. And I was like, wow, this is so exciting. So Summer, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk about your journey, what you've created, what the years of experience have moved you forward into what you're creating and how you're really continuing to pay it forward to the early child community. So welcome to the podcast. Excellent, Connie. Thanks for having me. I just, we have known each other for years and years, and I just want to thank you so much for your wealth of information over the years. Can I share with you my favorite piece of information from your program? Sure. Would love to hear. Thank you. You did, and I don't even know if you remember this, but you did a video on how to host a conference parent-teacher conferences. And I made sure that every single time, about a week or two right before conferences, I had all of my lead teachers listen to that, even if they've heard it over and over and over again. It was always great for a refresher. And so that, to me, was such a life-changing piece of content. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you. We actually still have that content and I'll actually link it in the show notes, whoever's interested in checking that out as well. Uh, it's how to run a parent teacher conference. Yes. So thanks, Summer. It's it's always interesting to hear 
what stays with people, what resonates depending on, you know, season of life or what's going on mm-hmm. in their center. So I would love to start going way back when, when you first started Peaceful Valley Montessori. I don't want to go so much into the backstory because I, I want to talk more about where you are right now, but I would love to hear one or two insights that you experienced during your seasons of leadership running that center that propelled you into what you're doing now? Well, I can tell you when we first opened our school, it was a teeny tiny location, 30 students, myself, the co-founder and two additional staff. And that was an experience in itself, just learning. I was a teacher. And so I thought I was going to walk into the classroom, close my door and do my work. (laughs) (laughs) right no owning a business is a whole different ball game and in the beginning I had a really really simplistic view of business money going in must be greater than money going out so that was like the financial aspect was just always money going in must be greater than money going out so then as we expanded we expanded to a school of 158 And then we expanded again to another location of 140 and again to another location of 98, I think. And so it was more of that, the leadership. So when we start, we had two staff members. We treated them like family where it was really like, hey, I'm in a pinch. I need you to do this. And then as we grew, we ended up with 92 staff members. And so we really did have to hone in those leadership skills. We really did have to create policies that were um, scalable. And it wasn't personal. It, it We had to create these policies before became for an actual person. Because, you know, as leaders in this industry, we love our people. Our people are the lifeblood of this whole industry. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember we had to create a bereavement policy And we were like, we have to create this before this is actually attached to a person, because when it's attached to a person, I'm going to give them the shirt off my back. I'm going to show up to their house and I'm going to cook for them and I'm uh, going to move in and take care of them. And so it was was sort of that mindset of going from how can I take care of my people and still have this really well-functioning business? Yeah. It's so interesting because I have this love-hate relationship with systems and operations and processes and blueprints and spreadsheets. And the reason I call it this love-hate relationship is because I think infrastructure is so important. And I think the right handbooks are critical. And yet at the same time, I find that for me and our company values and just how I want to show up in the world, I always want to choose people over policy. Yes, And so... I have this love-hate relationship because I'm like, we need to practice discernment where the policy doesn't align with this specific moment in this specific time in our journey with this specific person. And so I always have this thing, like my team's like, we got to create a policy. And I'm like, oh, I don't like policies. I (laughs) I want to talk to the person. I'm laughing over here because I'm the same way. I I really, really believe in autonomy. And to me, autonomy equals respect. And so the more autonomous I can allow my staff to be, the Mm. more I respect them. And so when we first made that leap from the teeny tiny school to that next location, where it was 158 students and just a whole different ballgame. I think in that location, when we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven classrooms, 35 staff. 
And to me, I was like, okay, I hired you. Do your job. Go do your job well. Yeah, go do it perfectly. We had hired a director at that point. And so it was almost like this, the director was like, oh, that's really sweet. But no, we have to have some organization here. You can't just say do your job well. We we have to. And I was like, no, but I, I trust these guys. And they're like, that's great that you trust them. And we still have to have some organization yeah. over here. Yeah. And yeah. so when you talk about those milestones, that was a really big milestone in growth. Yeah. Was discovering that I could still create policies with that autonomy because I know mm -hmm. that to me is one of my personal core values. Yeah. And it was one of our business values, but it, it's it's still to this day, it's actually up on my wall over there. I keep looking at it like there yeah. it is. I'm really proud yeah. of it because yeah. I I want to grow leaders. I want to well, not even leaders, I, I want to grow every person that walks through my door, my philosophy is send them into the world a better person than when they came in. Help them. Summer, this is so this is so interesting. And I love where this conversation is going because values, I, <laughs> I had this conversation recently with an owner and she's like, aren't there like universal values that like everyone should have for their center? And I'm like, no, there's no universal values. Every person has to decide what are the values that their company is going to be driven by. And I hear you talk about autonomy and your perspective on it and how autonomy leads to this intrinsic component of trust. And the way that I look at autonomy, I actually define it as self-reliance, which is one of our company values. And so I just, I find it so interesting how values are very specific to each company based on the company leader and values I find get decided also based on experience and different things that happen. We're like, Ooh, okay, this really needs to be a company value versus a policy, a life skill, a procedure, a spreadsheet. Um, there's a very, very big difference between, between the two of them, between all of those. Um, when you, when you sat down to really make some decisions about the policies that you needed to create and the procedures for the leader that's listening, who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm understanding what Hani's saying and what Summer's saying. Like, I don't want it to be this way. And I want to keep my things cozy and, you know, together. Walk us through your journey because it's not, it's never a light switch. So no. walk us through that journey. So we had just created in general our values and mm -hmm. we had three founding principles and those were kind of our stories. So our founding principles were leadership, citizenship, partnership. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we talked about like, what do we want the children who pass through our doors? What do we want them to walk away with? And those are the three founding principles, leadership, citizenship, partnership. And we had a story for each of those. And it was a very personal story. You know, I mean, we talk about like clinking away at the keyboard in my basement and NPR on the radio. And there was a story, a clip popped in. And so that became the foundation of our program. Mm. And we talked about that in the tours in when we were giving prospective parent tours. So our values were different. Our values, we had um, community, trust, intention. And I'll tell you, intention was not 
one of our initial values. So the way our little school was set up, our office was actually across the street. And it was a beautiful day out. And we had said to the teacher, we're like, why don't you guys eat lunch outside? And we're looking out the window of our office and, and it was lunchtime and nobody was outside. And we were like, why is nobody outside? Eat, we, <laughs> we eat lunch outside. So then the next day rolls around and we're like, it's a gorgeous day out. Why don't you guys eat outside? That's, it's not happening again. And so finally we went over and we said to the teacher, we're like, hey, you know, it's it's been really nice out. And part of our program is to have this indoor outdoor classroom. And we would like to see you eating lunch outside. And she said, yeah, I've been having a collective on how we're going to do that. So every day right at lunchtime, I've been gathering the children and we've been walking through the steps on when we are ready to eat outside, what that's going to look like. And she's like, we'll be ready by tomorrow. And both Katie and I, Katie's the co-founder, both Katie and I were like, oh, like we just wanted it to happen like that. And she was preparing the children so it could be done safely. And at our next staff meeting, we talked about this intention. We said, you know, you're really intentional about the things you do. Should we add that into our core values? Now, that's an example of not shifting it into policy, but it's saying like, hey, this is who we want to be as a company. We want to be intentional. So if you can come to us and say, hey, these are the reasons I made this decision, and it always shifts back into this, into our values, it, the answer is going to be, okay, cool, great. And so when we were dis deciding some of these policies, and there are policies like, when can you clock in? When you have two staff members, it doesn't matter if they clock in five minutes early and leave five minutes late. When you have 92 staff members, that's going to blow your budget. And so creating things like that where it was like, okay, let's look under the value of intention. When should we let our staff clock in? Like when should we set our system? And then training our leadership team on it. Here's why we made this decision. We made this decision because it's going to blow our budget if we let everyone cl uh, clock in 15 minutes early. So we've set the timer to five minutes. People can clock in five minutes early and they can clock out five minutes late. Otherwise, they need management approval. And here's why, X, Y, Z. And so we always fell back on our values when we started to create these policies. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not a person who likes busy work. I'm not a person, you know, we're far too busy in our industry <laughs> doing, the, doing the things we are supposed to do. So I am really not a person who likes busy work. So there's always some sort of reason or intention behind what we do. And communicating that reason and intention was really important. It's so interesting. Again, the word intention, something that I chat about with leaders a lot is discernment around when you have this decision that you have to make, practicing discernment, because I find school leadership to be very ambiguous. Everything looks the same, but then it's not the same. Um, and we want to treat everyone the same, but everyone can't be treated the same because Correct. it doesn't work like that. And so for those of you that are listening and you're hearing Summer share some, you know, her values and why she chose it that way, 
I want you to pause and ask yourself if that sits right with you. It's not it's not that I'm saying don't choose intention as a value or choose intention as a value or autonomy or discernment. It's we need to learn how to get quiet with our own minds. And we need to learn to understand is intention a value that is critical for me or is growth a value? I had a very interesting conversation with an owner who operates, I believe at this point, eight or nine locations. And she was getting very frustrated with the lack of intention of different things that were going on in the centers. And she's like, why aren't the teachers being intentional? Why aren't they being intentional? And I said, I don't think intentional is one of your core values. I think that you value growth over intention. I think that you value growing and expanding and getting bigger over intention. So she's like, no, 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 but I value intentional. I said, I'm sure you do. I'm not, I also value being intentional and being autonomous. What do you value more? Meaning, are you ready to pause growth in order to create more intentionality in your practices? And if the answer is no, then growth is more important than intention. That doesn't make you any less of a human being or any less of a leader. It means that you're being conscious of what's really important to you. That's super powerful. I, you know, as I created this new company, one of my intent or one of my core values is beauty. Mm, and that interesting. was hard for me. That was really, really hard to write down and to say, wow, I really value beauty. But when I sat with it, because I, I went through this activity with a with my business mentor and she was like, you have to put beauty down. And I was like, I'm really uncomfortable with that. Mm. She was like, I would also be so uncomfortable with that. I, I was really uncomfortable with it. But then I thought about it and I'm like, well, I'm a Montessorian in my heart. Mm. And so Montessori is all about having the prepared environment and the prepared adult mm. and all of the fine details when we put together our classroom, when we put together our work, everything is color coded and everything is matching and, and we take time and do like little embroidery. And so I, I realized this as I was setting up my office, I was like, I want this beautiful space to come to and to, to sit in every single day. And we moved recently moved into a new home and I started like just one shelf at a time making this beautiful. And I was like, wow, this is really, this is really important to me. And, you know, when I, I love to host parties and I want to make sure that everyone is just treated well. And how do I do that? I provide beautiful platters of food and fun folded napkins and matching this. And I was like, wow, like you said, when you got quiet with it and sat mm. and really, and, and so it was like, Beauty is one of my values. I really like to make spaces beautiful for other people. That's how I serve. But it took a minute. It took wow. a minute. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Oh my gosh. I'm having chills right now. It's, it's, this is, so I just want to reflect back to what I'm hearing. And I'm curious yeah. if you can course correct if, if, um, if you feel I'm hearing something different. I, I see this choice as being, a leader that leads with humility, where you saw this value that, and you felt some cognitive dissonance against it, almost like, oh, 
am I going to put this as a core value? But I feel like through the exercise with your business mentor and sitting quietly, it was like, okay, but that's the ego talking maybe who's saying, no, we can't put beauty as a core value here. So I just see so much humility and just real leadership in, in choosing what makes sense for you and not what makes sense for other people. That's when you go back and talk about, is there just this general values? No, 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 because everybody has little pieces of who they are in their core and it's going to show up in your leadership and there's no right or wrong when it comes to core values. And that's so interesting. This beauty thing, I got to sit with this. I think it's so powerful because it's coming from this place of service and you are defining service from the lens of beauty as this core value where someone else might define service in a completely different way and choose, you know, a different word to define their component of service. So I I just think this, this conversation just really sheds so much light to understand the power in being quiet and really listening to what's important. And this does not happen in one sitting. (laughs) This is, this is a process and so th- th- this is brings me to my next question that I want to go into because I find the biggest breakthroughs that leaders have is when they learn to fall in love with the journey. When we obsess over the outcomes and I just want to have my values done and pretty and on the wall already, you know what I mean? And we just, we become almost obsessive over when is the due date that the values are going to be up on our wall as opposed to... Who am I becoming as I become more self-aware and asking myself these questions and become hypercognizant of what are my values and what drives my decision making? So I would love to hear from you because I know not just our world, our country is so outcome driven and productive driven and efficient driven and due date driven and da, 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 right? And it's like, it's so difficult to pull away from that and say, no, space. I don't have a due date of when I'm going to have my values done. I would always tell people, we live in a time where we carry the internet around in our pocket. Like (laughs) We literally have all the information we could ever, ever imagine in our pocket. Mm -hmm. But that's not how child development works. Child development takes time. Yeah. And so just because we're in this very, very fast-paced world doesn't mean your kiddo is going to develop any faster. It, it <laughs> is. Say that again. Say that again. Say, let's say it one more time. Yes. Just because we live in this fast-paced world does not mean your kiddo is going to develop any faster. It just takes time. And yes. it's the same thing for our leadership journey. It takes time. It takes trial and error. It takes doing something. And it takes, like you said earlier, setting that ego aside and self-reflecting. Okay, so this happened. How would I do it differently next time? You know, we at the beginning of the year, we always did, or at the end of the year, we always did what worked, what didn't. With our whole staff, we sat down, we said what worked, what didn't. And... I almost did what worked, what didn't with every single situation, every tour I gave. I would go back to my office and I would spend five minutes just doing a, what worked, what didn't? How did that go? What could I do differently or better next time? Okay, 
like they didn't connect with this piece of the tour. Do I need to change the tour or do I just have to ebb and flow? It's the same every one-on-one with our staff. Okay. So I, I came in strategy oriented and she really needed a coach. Okay. So next time I need to pivot a little faster. And so to know that this leadership journey, it's not a straight line. It is like you said, it is not like, and on June 20th, I'm going to be a leader. It is maybe on June 14th, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be the best leader. And then I might have an off day and I'm going to sit and I'm going to say what worked and what didn't. How can I be better? How can I do better? I'm going to read and I'm going to research and I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow. And I'm going to take me myself out of it. And I'm going to say, I'm here to serve my staff. So I I want to reflect to the people that are listening what Summer is saying here, because there's a lot of hidden gems in what she just shared. One is creating capacity for reflection. If you are back to back, back to back, back to back, you don't have time to pause after a tour and say, hmm, that really didn't land very well. Let me take a moment to reflect on that, right? When we don't have space to reflect, we repeat the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. Worked when didn't. I have two other questions that I typically add to that when we do reflections. It's what's working, what's not working, what's missing, and what's confusing. I find when I ask that to staff, what's confusing, it's very interesting to hear how sometimes when we feel we're being very explicit about our communication or we're being very clear, we're actually being very hazy um, and beating around the bush. So I find that interesting. And then with our leadership team, because our brains work a mile a minute and we see the end game already, we sometimes miss important information that our teams need to know. And so I find asking that question, what's missing is like, you know, you didn't tell me the login for X, Y, and Z. Oh, Yes, the login, (laughs) right? Because we do so many things on autopilot. So I feel like it's funny. I feel like we can use this with our our own kids too, right? I have a a sixth grader now and he's always so frustrated with his younger siblings. And I'm like, well, it's, and my husband and I, we talk about this all the time where we're like, hey buddy, it seems really clear in your mind, but when you're talking about it, you're not giving your younger siblings, all the information they need. And, and he's like, Oh, okay. And I'm like, when you like, do I have your permission to, when you're doing this, like tap your arm to let you know, not, not that it's not that you're in trouble. It's not that I want you to stop talking. It's that this is our symbol because now you can give more information to them before you start to get frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. It's, The other thing when you were saying before, you know, just because we live in a fast paced world, it doesn't mean that our children learn faster. One of the quotes I heard from Marshall Goldsmith, who just I really respect and admire his work and the books that he's written. One of the things that he said on a podcast was the pace of change that you are experiencing right now is the slowest it will ever be. So sit with that for a second and ask yourself, if you're feeling that everything is moving so quickly, just recognize this is actually the slowest it's going to be because it only gets faster and faster and faster and faster. And so you need to learn how to put brakes on. You need to learn how to lift the emergency brake and say, pause, because no one is doing it for you. That's so fascinating. Okay. So when we grew from 
one location to two. Do you know what I forgot to schedule in? Mm. Drive time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I would have a meeting at our Golden Valley location and need to be in Eden Prairie. And I forgot to schedule in drive time. And it was, it took about two days before I was like, oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> and that's where I got into that habit of scheduling yeah. in reflection time. Interesting. Because I was like, you need to put your drive time on the calendar so people don't overbook you. And I really do like to be that self-reflective. I feel like it makes me grow into a better leader. Sure. And so I just started scheduling it on the calendar. Yeah, this is so interesting. I'm so glad you're saying this because I, I often tell people like, do you have lunch scheduled? Do you have margin to use the bathroom? Is there space for like, I don't know, you had a headache uh, because you had back-to-back -back meetings. Do you have margin to drink water and take 10 minutes before you go into the next meeting? Our energy goes with us from place to place. You know, I often define when we don't take the time to pause in between things, it's the equivalent of wearing this beautiful white coat and letting everyone splat paint on you all day long. And then you come home and you're filthy and then you wonder why you have no space on your white coat for anyone else to hug you, talk to you, be with you, yes. reflect with you, eat with you, spend time with you. You're like, I'm full. You have to clean the white coat throughout the day. And that is pausing, reflecting, building time for driving, little things that were like, yeah, you can't be at 1130 in the other location that's on the other side of town because you know what? It's actually rush hour. So it's going to take you 40 minutes to get there. Exactly. So. Well, and it's all of those little things and, and utilizing your tools. We use the Google, we use Google calendar. Yeah. And I wasn't great at it at first. I was terrible at it. Yep. And then we got better. We got better and we just, uh, that's all part of that leadership journey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could talk to you for forever, Summer. This is always just, I, I find conversation with people that appreciate pausing and reflection is it's always an enhancement to my own personal leadership. So I, I appreciate this insightful conversation. I want to take a couple minutes now. I would love for our listeners to hear a little bit about what you have going on right now with summer coming up and summer boot camp. So, so tell us about it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. I am running a leadership boot camp. It's actually called Conscious Leadership Camp, CLC. And it's an eight-week program. We're going to be running through mindset, communication, operations, best practices, training. So it's every day for eight weeks. We log on, we hop on for anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes. We have some sort of training, some sort of lesson, and then there's a little bit of homework to reflect on every single night. And so it's 40 hours of continuing education. And there is just transformation that happens throughout that 40 weeks. You know, I think the last time I ran this, I uh, owner signed her directors up and her directors were like, are you crazy? I do not have time to log on for 20 minutes every day. I, I can't do it, da, da, da. They did. And they actually transformed. One of the owners actually was in a meeting with the director and called me up right away and said, who is this person? What have you done? 
she that. actually understands the job, like the underneath, like all mm -hmm. of the nuances of the job, mm -hmm. not just the top layer. Mm -hmm. And so it is just so fun to go through this transformation together, create this connection in this community. It is the favorite part of my job. I love it. I love it. I love it. And we're going to have all the links where you can find out more information about this boot camp and see if it's right for you in the show notes. So definitely check those out. Summer, thank you for coming onto the show, for sharing so many different parts of your story and just for the insight into these values. I'm about to go have lunch with my husband and I'm going to, I'm going to be reflecting on some of these things. I appreciate this dialogue. So thank you. Thanks, Kenny. I always um, love you. <laughs> Take care. Thanks so much for joining. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.